fresh every Tuesday for MSPs around the world. Around the world. This This is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Podcast. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the show. Here's what we got coming up for you this week. Hey, I'm Steve Spiegel, founder and CEO of Crew Everyone wants to grow their MSP, and to do that, you need to keep your clients happy. But newsflash, keep your clients happy is really hard if you aren't keeping your employees happy. And I'm gonna tell you how you're gonna make sure that you have the happiest staff. And on top of that fascinating interview with Steve, later on, I've got three great ideas for you for better engagement on LinkedIn. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Question for you. What are you using AI tools for right now? And predominantly when I talk about AI tools, I mean ChatGPT and Bard and all the other tools that have had this huge overnight success this year. We obviously know they've been years in the making, but they suddenly burst into the mainstream at the beginning of this year. What are you doing with ChatGPT, etc. that's really interesting right now? I've been asking a load of MSPs this over the last few weeks, and I'm seeing tons and tons of different things come in. So for example, some people are using it to rewrite marketing content or even generate marketing content. Obviously, there's a massive caveat with that, that AI-generated text isn't quite ready for consumption by humans, so you do need to have somebody editing it, reviewing it, fact-checking it especially. Uh, but AI can be AI tools can be a great way to take pre-written content and to create your own version of it, to create your own spin on it. Uh, I know of people using it to create SEO, search engine optimization content for their websites. Again, you just need to make sure that humans are looking for that. But then we've got a whole bunch of other things that MSPs are using AI tools for. Here's a really interesting one that someone suggested to me a couple of weeks ago. They're using AI to help them explain difficult concepts to their prospects and to their clients. And it all comes down to a specific prompt. And that prompt is, please explain, insert subject, as if you were teaching it to a 12-year-old. Because you know that ChatGPT, etc., their all their power lies in the prompts, and you have to get the prompts right. And there's a huge amount of information out there about how you can do. Well, it's got a name even. They're calling it prompt hacking. Everything's hacking these days, isn't it? But prompt hacking, and it's all about the context and the prompts that you give to these AI tools. And the one that seems to work particularly well is explain insert subject to a 12-year-old. So if you took something like fishing for example, and you asked an AI tool, I mean, you could even give it some more context. You could say, I am explaining fishing, or I want to explain fishing to someone who does not understand what fishing is or even how to spell it. Please, can you explain this to a 12-year-old in no more than four paragraphs? Now, you are expert enough on phishing and any other cybersecurity problem that you would be able to take what ChatGPT spews out and to be able to look at it and understand whether or not that's right which is pretty exciting, right? So you, you know, you're the human that you can filter the, the AI content through. Here's the thing. These AI tools have the ability to 
explain really difficult concepts in ways that do make sense to people. And of course, they're going to strip out some information. It's not going to be a perfect explanation, but it's a great place to get started, right? And certainly, I find from talking to lots of MSPs that one of the most difficult things for any MSP to do is to explain a difficult concept in a way that anyone can understand. The curse that you have is your intellect, your ability, your technical knowledge. You understand fishing at a much higher level than ordinary people do. And I count myself in the ordinary people there. I've listened to f conversations about fishing and cybersecurity and just tech between MSPs and it's all just gone a little bit over my head. So using the AI tools to bring yourself sort of, I'm going to say down, that's not really the right, but bring yourself to the level of the average business owner or manager can be a very, very smart thing to do. Because here's the thing, when you're marketing and educating and talking to ordinary business owners and managers who do not know as much about technology as you do, if you talk to tech, to high level, if it's too complicated, if you can't explain it quickly and easily to them, then you will lose them. They, you'll we, see it in their eyes. They mentally switch off, they emotionally check out. And once they do that, they're not engaging with you and with what you've got to say, which means they're very unlikely to ever go and buy from you. So ChatGPT, etc., can be amazing tools to help you explain very, very difficult concepts in a way that even a 12-year-old could understand. Here's this week's clever idea. Let's talk about LinkedIn. And like all social media platforms, LinkedIn is all about engagement. If you post content that people engage with more, that they like, that they share, or that they comment on, then that sends a message to LinkedIn's algorithm. And don't forget, all of these social media platforms are driven by the algorithm. You see, those clever people sat in those big buildings in California have figured out over the years that if someone likes something, shares something, or generally engages with it, comments on it, then it means that it's good content. And the more that people do that, it's like a virtuous circle, the more that people do it, the more people see it. So if you post a piece of content on LinkedIn, or indeed any platform, and very quickly it's picked up and people do stuff with it. They they start commenting on it, writing it, you know, comment writing it, liking it, etc. etc. Then more people see it. All social media platforms at varying different levels work in exactly this way. So the goal for you then is to add content that is particularly engaging. Now we've talked before on this podcast about the different levels of content. So the very best kind of content you can put on LinkedIn or any platform is content that you yourself have created. Engaging content. I've got three examples to give you in a second. If you don't have the time to do that, the next best alternative is canned content. So canned content is content that's been written by someone else on your behalf. So for example, we provide a full seven days worth of social media every single week in the MSP Marketing Edge, and that is canned content. That is never going to be as good, and don't get me wrong, it's very good, but it's never going to be as good as your own personal content that you've put together. But for the 700 plus MSPs that we serve and work with who don't have time to create their own content, 
our canned content is better uh, for them than the third level of content, which is nothing and not posting anything on LinkedIn at all. So let me give you three ideas right now of types of content that you could put onto LinkedIn. And the first of those is, and these are all, by the way, are all designed for engagement. So this isn't just content. This is content that is designed from scratch to be engaging. And it's not all of it is going to work. So you could take some of these and you could do different iterations of it and some will work better than others will, but it gives you some sort of three ideas of, of formats, of type of content that you can try on LinkedIn to get better engagement. And the first of those is to do a short video of something that's real. So for example, here's a great example. You could uh, grab your phone, go and sit in your car and sort of prop your phone up uh, against like the, the, the dashboard and the window and, uh, and record it. And don't record it straight into LinkedIn. Record it as a video you're going to upload to LinkedIn. And you could sit there uh, and, you know, you could have your coat on, your seatbelt on even. So it's, it's pretty obvious that you're in your car. And this is what makes it real. Even if you've actually, <laughs> you're sat in your own car park deliberately doing this, it seems more real. And you can you can kind of say, um, hey, hi, this is uh, this is Paul. Uh, and in fact, what would be really cool is sort of looking away from the camera at this point um, as, it, as if you haven't planned what you're going to say. And you could say, um, so I've, I've just had this call uh, from a client. And actually, it's, it's the kind of call that I wish I had more of these kind of calls. Often the calls I get are the other way. But this client, they were ringing me to say that they'd had this email and it didn't feel right. Uh, and there was a link in there. Uh, and, and, and everything about the email was trying to get them to click a link and log into something. And we have a name for this. We call it phishing. It's phishing with a P. You get the idea, right? And you then explain what a phishing link is. And, and actually what makes that, that video real is your client didn't click the phishing link. Woohoo! Happy times, right? Uh, now, that's actually more uh, real, your joy and your relief that your client didn't click the phishing link uh, than you saying, oh, we've had another, you know, we've had another client click a phishing link. Because you can talk about the fact you've just avoided three or four hours of work from your team and a great deal of effort and hassle and heartbreak. And you could then talk about uh, uh, how software solutions could uh, help them to, to avoid this problem in the future, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know the technicalities of that more than I do. But the, the concept, the format here of this engaging piece of LinkedIn content is a short video that is real. It's not you with lights and camera and your shine and whatsoever. It's you in the real world, in your car, in a restaurant, taking a walk. Uh, and it's almost like you're, you, you've had a thought about something and you've grabbed your phone and you've just recorded yourself. Uh, and that could be a very engaging type of content. So that's number one. Number two is another video format, but this is a little more pre-produced. It's a bit, a bit more produced, as it were. So you may, for this, use a proper webcam and lights and whatsoever. But what you do is you create a short video giving a tip. Uh, for example, let's one that I've just picked completely off the top of my head, because I thought everyone knew about this, and it seems that they don't, tab groups. So I use Chrome, and I believe Edge is exactly the same, that you can group tabs into, into groups. So I've been using this, uh, in fact, since it was a beta um, thing in, in Chrome. So I have about 4,000 tabs open, but all neatly in small, a small number of groups, which makes it okay, right? Uh, I know. Um, so, uh, but you could you could literally do a 30-second video. Uh, and it could just be a screen share, and you could be like, Hi, it's Paul here. Right, uh, let me show you something that if you use Chrome uh, or Edge browser every day, this is going to blow your mind. 
you've got all these tabs open here, right? And it's very hard to know which one's which and to find the one you're looking for. Did you know you can group them together and then you literally show them? Select, 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 right click, group, whatever it is that you do. And you and you show them in that video. So you're doing like a, I guess you call it like a tech tip and you're doing it there and then to show them what they can do. So that's the second idea. Now that, by the way, I don't think is as powerful as that real video concept that I talked about before, but you can't just keep doing those real videos. Part of the, the fun of LinkedIn is doing a different variety of things. So you can do a real video and then you can do these short tech tip videos. And then the final suggested piece of content to drive more engagement on LinkedIn is what we call a one-line question. And it is literally that. There's no context to it. It's a single line. This looks better in Facebook than it does in LinkedIn. Because in Facebook, it under a certain number of characters, it makes it big, you know, so it's it, it, and you can put a, like a color behind it and it really stands out. But you can still do this on LinkedIn. So for example, uh, your your one well, one of the one-line questions you could be, you could simply ask, what what are you doing? that works really well right now to build your LinkedIn connections? Or what's the most frustrating thing about technology in your life? Or what's the technology, or what's the, what's the thing that your staff moan about the most in the office? Do you see what I mean? So it's like a one-line question, and what you're hoping to do is to hook someone that sees that as you post it and they immediately can respond and they, they respond with a comment very quickly. And they do that because you've asked a very short uh, open question and they instantly jump in with a short answer. And as I say, as I said earlier, you'll, you'll have some hits with that and you'll have some misses, but that can be a very smart third type of engaging content. Now, if you want to get an idea of some single line questions that you can ask, I have a free resource for you with a bunch of clever suggestions. Paul's, Paul's blatant, plug. blatant plug. And that free resource is the MSP Marketing Facebook group. You see, a couple of months ago, we switched from posting articles and help videos and stuff like that, and we switched over to exactly this format about probably 80% of the content I put in there now is single questions, single line questions. There's an absolute ton of them in there. So if you join that Facebook group, you can go through and look at the questions that I've posted. Now, bearing in mind, I'm posting them to engage with MSPs, but you could take many of those questions, make some of them slightly less technical, and you could reuse them. In fact, you have my, my blessing and my permission to reuse my questions on your LinkedIn for you to engage with ordinary business owners and managers. But to do that, of course, you've got to be a member of the group. Now, it is a free group. It's only for MSPs, so it's a vendor-free zone. I'm there every day advising you on how to improve your marketing all you have to do is go to Facebook on your phone, type in MSP marketing at the top, but go to groups. We've got a page that we don't really do anything with, but we've got a group. The group is very active. So go to groups. You'll see my pretty little face. Stab your finger onto my face and you just have to apply to join. We do ask you a few questions to check that you are a real MSP and not a vendor trying to sneak in. But I look forward to seeing you and in fact, helping you with resources like these online questions in the MSP Marketing Facebook group. The Big, big, big Interview. Hey, I'm, I'm Steve Spiegel. I'm the CEO and founder of Cruhu. Uh, we are the customer satisfaction and employee recognition platforms made specifically for MSPs. And thank you so much for joining me on this podcast, Steve. Now, we all know that growing your MSP isn't just about winning new clients. 
It's about retaining your existing clients as well. And that's something that a lot of MSPs just sleepwalk their way through because the average MSP retention is really, really good. I've spoken about this at length on the podcast before. I perceive that partly it's inertia loyalty. It's just too difficult. Well, that's the perception anyway, to move off to another MSP, but also because the clients don't understand. They see technology as this big, scary thing. It's a massive thing for them to switch from one MSP to another so it's easier to stay. I guess you could throw in there that actually also they're very happy. We've got we've got mixtures of people who are very happy and mixtures of people who feel it's too difficult to move. Now, I know that you have a very interesting view of how to improve and build on uh, customer retention, and that's by not actually working on your customer retention at all. Yeah, I believe it all, all has to do with, with your team, um, your, your processes, and your company culture. You know, a lot of MSPs go about it by, by building this really amazing tech stack. Uh, but, but the truth is that tech stack can be duplicated uh, in, in months, if not, you know, if not weeks. Um, and all of a sudden, you look like the next guy down the street. And you're right. It's, it's you know, churn uh, is very low uh, within this space, right? The opportunity is bringing on new business that doesn't have an MSP. Co-managed is a, is a very big trend right now. And, and what's going on in the economy, which is good for the MSP industry, is, is IT service services are actually declining uh, in-house and they're partnering with MSPs. You wanna be that MSP uh, that they partner with. You, you mentioned about churn, uh, but the big opportunity now um, for MSPs is not just churn, is your existing client base. There's so much opportunity. And for the most part, they're just doing a fraction of the business that they should be doing with you. And if they're not happy, even if they're not going to churn, they're not going to do that extra business with you. Yes, completely. Yeah. Unhappy clients don't buy more things from you and vice versa. So tell us a little bit about your background then, Steve. What got you into the MSP space and what makes you an expert at you know dealing with happy employees and happy customers? Got it. I, I, I actually, before this um, and before Pruhu, um, I was uh, building this, this franchise concept called Coldstone. I was one of the early franchisee groups, and we were bringing this this brand uh, to South Florida. It's an ice cream concept, so we're selling ice cream in, in South Florida, and it was a retail, and it was it, it was a high transactional business. And I was actually trying to uh, solve my own problem. I was uh, uh, building a lot of stores. We had over a hundred employees, and our turnover. Uh, was over a hundred percent. I was pulling my hair out. I, uh, you ever been at the dinner table with, with your family and you're like staring out in space and your, your wife goes, honey, did you hear what I said? And then you're like, no, <laughs> that was happening a lot. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about business. It was, it, it wasn't a good time for me. And I, and I needed to get to the bottom of why employee turnover was so high, why customer satisfaction, uh, wasn't great. Uh, in the stores. So we, we actually built crew who at that point um, to survey all of our customers. But the difference is we wanted to, if it was good, recognize the, uh, the employee for delivering great services. Uh, the thing that was happening is people were walking into the stores and they had a 
they had to click 20 times to leave a, a review, which means that they were pretty off if, if they actually did that. Um, we got one per store per month. We, we put this into place and we ended up getting 100 pieces of review per store per month. 96 of them were positive, four were negative. We were able to celebrate 96 times with our team. And, with, and the four times when something went wrong, we were able to train them. And we had a great relationship because we're always, always celebrating that they were open to receiving feedback and improving our processes. Some MSPs came to, came to us during this time and they're like, ooh, we really like what you're doing. I didn't, I didn't know what an MSP was at the time. Uh, so I became friends with these guys, the early adopters. And they told me to walk shows like, like IT Nation, and I learned all about it. Um, and I wanted, and I saw, I really saw that the, the parallels between retail, which is very service oriented, very, very high customer service oriented, and the MSP space, which this is where you differentiate your MSP by being high customer service oriented. I'm like, you know, this is great. We can really make a difference here. Um, at that point, these guys happened to be, you ever hear of Gary Pika and True Method? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So these guys were, were True Method, uh, you know, in a True Method peer group. Um, and it's now called True Peer. And I'm like, well, you know, how do I get in, in front of more of you? And they're like, oh, you got to talk to Gary. And, and I got on the phone with Gary. You know, I'm like, you know, how, you know, can I come out? He's like, well, you could sponsor um, uh, this event called Schnitzfest that we're, we're, we're going to start to put on. Uh, it was, they're getting ready for the inaugural event. I'm like, I don't have a lot of money right now. We've been burning money for a while. Is there any way I could come out just to speak to your peer groups? He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. If you don't mind picking up the bar tab. And <laughs> at that point, I didn't, I didn't realize how much, uh, MSPs, the guys that work there or own it, like to, like to go out and, you know, have a drink after work. And, um, and the bar tab was pretty high, but, but, but I ended up making, you know, a lot of friends. Uh, we ended up, you know, closing a couple of dozen uh, new deals. And all of a sudden, I was in the, uh, uh, the MSP space. And we haven't looked back. So we, we now only focus on the MSP customers. So, so when they come in, they'll notice uh, this is made for them. This, is, this integrates with everything that we use. It's, it's real easy to use because of that. And, uh, and, and because a lot of people also say, you could do this everywhere. Why, why aren't you going everywhere? Um, even our clients are saying that because they want to sell it. And, and I simply say, listen, I, at, right now, I want to really focus on this vertical, uh, hit all the pain points, um, try to serve you guys as, as best as I can, and then we could go out. But, but we haven't yet. We're, we're, we're focused uh, truly on, on this vertical very hard. So um, before we carry on and talk more about Crew Who and employee satisfaction, client satisfaction, what happened to the franchise business? Oh, it's, I, I still have it. I'm an investor. Um, and and it, it, uh, when we started, when we put it into place, uh, the turnover actually went down to 40%, which is, which is pretty unheard of in this space. Mm -hmm. uh, we went from, uh, we, have a, we have a metric that's really important in the business called same store sales. And same store sales was negative year over year, uh, which is the biggest health metric that I followed. So I knew I needed to change something. Ever since we started to focus on the employee to deliver customer satisfaction, same store sales 
uh, went from negative to positive. And we were hitting 9% year over year for the next three or four years, um, which, which in retail is unsustainable, but getting that for four years straight is really unheard of. And we were able to really grow uh, the business and increase the valuation of the company. And, and briefly, because I, I appreciate we're slightly going off track from MSPs here, just ex- just yeah. briefly explain what same store sales is, so we can understand what that metric was. Got, got it. So, so it's in food. You're you're normally seasonal uh, wherever you are, um, and and so for us, it's not always great to uh, compare this week to last week or this month to last month. The the best way to compare is. For example, January of this year to January of last year. And you can really see uh, how you're truly doing. Got it. So year on year, essentially. So why is it that you see an improvement in customer satisfaction when you see an improvement in employee satisfaction? Well, just like in retail, um, in in the MSP space, um, you're measured on on the satisfaction that you provide. Now, you mentioned that that churn isn't high in, in the MSP space, but when people do leave, and they do leave, and I've, I've seen it, and I've seen, you know, MRR companies that were billing 25,000 a month leave, and it's 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 put a hole uh, in their growth for, for the next year because of that, because now they have to replace it. The reason they leave, one of the biggest reasons anyway, is response time, right? Um, so even if you have a high CSAT, but they're rating your response time, that, that was Hurley, my dog, <laughs> you're, you're relating your response time, uh, low, uh, you know, they can be at risk. And, and so, so he doesn't keep on singing. I'm going to bring him in so he can hang out with us. Okay. Well, this has never happened before. There's Just talk amongst yourselves while, uh, while Hurley comes in. <laughs> So customer satisfaction, I think, is really important uh, to the MSP. And, and, and talking about, you know, so you're reducing a risk by, by measuring the satisfaction, seeing where you're not meeting expectations. Um, and I, I take customer satisfaction, I break it up into a few categories. One is empathy, right? And that is simply customer service training, right? Are you, or is the tech emailing back and forth too many times before they actually uh, pick up the phone, right? Are they talking down to the customer because, because uh, uh, they don't know the technology as well as the tech? Of course they don't, but sometimes just, just the tone of, of your email or, or how you're speaking can come across badly. So empathy is really important. So you want to capture that somehow. A process is really important. And, and that's, I'll take a simple example. When you bring on, it, it moves, ads and changes, which are very, very common in this industry. You bring on a new user, right? Um, and they're meant to have this specific software and it's not there. And when they get their computer, they can't do their work. And now there's a problem. And it's a simple change in the process. Add that software to that checklist. So that's a that's an example of a, of a process problem. You want to capture that. So if it's empathy or, or process. Uh, the biggest thing, though, that I see is, is expectation, right? That we have SLAs um, 
uh, don't know if they're clear all the time. The customer has an expectation and the MSP has an expectation for their service. However, if that's not aligned, even if you're delivering great service, the customer could still be unhappy. And you could fix that by simply communicating with the proper expectations. So if your computer goes down and your email's not working and your SLA is four hours for that and you fix it in an hour, but they're angry because it didn't take a half an hour, that's something that you need to resolve with your customer or maybe all of your customers just to let them know clearly what the, what the SLAs are. And I think those are the three things that covers all issues with, with transactional customer uh, satisfaction. So obviously you've built Kruhu around the, the needs and wants and what works best for MSPs. So how does the software directly help to address those issues? Well, we, we integrate with the, the MSP's PSA. Uh, so whenever a ticket is replied to or a ticket is closed, the customer has an opportunity uh, to, to rate how the transaction's going or how it went. Um, and we also capture things such as um, empathy, right? Such as things of response time. One of the things that, that we capture are things that you would not necessarily see. So you could have a, you could have a 99% CSAT, but now you're looking that, oh, empathy we have 100% on. Um, response time we have a 50% on. Proactiveness we have a 90% on. Resolution time we have a 90% on. And you can see that based on that, response time is an issue, even though you have a, a 90% CSAT. And, and you get to see that by, say, you have a thousand pieces of feedback, right? And you only get 20 pieces of feedback regarding response time. That shines a light on, on, on things that they don't see you doing. And that's an opportunity to improve. And, and that's just to reduce the risk. Now, now to help grow your business, you want to also take that positive feedback, right? And you want to shout it from the rooftops, right? Get more Google reviews. Um, show people proof points outside of you just saying, hey, we have better service that, you know, th this is probably the most important thing to do as an MSP. It's, it's hard to sell something that looks like something else down the street. Hmm. You have to sell you. You have to sell what you deliver. How, how best to sell what you deliver is to have your customers talking about what you do. Uh, we actually go to trade shows all over the country, uh, sometimes all over the world. We've been, we've been to the UK, Australia. Um, the reason why we do well in trade shows is not because of me or my sales force. It's because our customers are bringing their friends, their peers that they met at the show and say, you have to try these guys out. They've changed our business. And MSPs, the owners of MSPs, the, the marketing managers need to think about how they could make that happen for themselves too, because we're, we're, we're really selling services. We're selling uh, trust. Right. And, um, you know, and finally, we talked about how I look inward to the employee. We talk, you know, it's really important to celebrate the small wins on a daily basis with your team, not not just that big sale that gets brought in. Right. Um, not that that big release that you have coming out. Uh, but every day there's tickets being answered. There's automations being done. 
Uh, there's, you know, the heroes, just like in my retail business, the heroes in the MSP are on the front line talking to the customers every day. And it could be a thankless job because they're not calling to order flowers. They're not calling for a special occasion that makes you feel great. They're calling because they have a fire. They have a problem. Their, their day is not going their way today and you're there to help them. So if your team on the front line doesn't fully believe in this, you're not going to, no matter what you say or what you do or what you push, you're not going to be able to deliver that amazing customer satisfaction. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. My final question for you uh, before you tell us about Kruhu, and the answer to this, Steve, is not install Kruhu and get started with it. My question is this, uh, what's a good place to get started? If you're you're a busy MSP owner, you know, you're, you're spending way too much time already working in the business compared to on it, and you hear this and you're, you're nodding along thinking, yep, yep, this guy's talking absolute sense, but where do I start? What's your answer to that? It depends where you are, right? If, um, if you have a customer service process in place um, and you're not happy with what it's measuring, or, or, or how it's working, you know, then you want to start to look to how, how do I optimize this? How do I make this successful? Um, if you don't have anything in place right now, um, get started right away. Whether you're, you're a one person shop or, or, or a 50 person shop, uh, this is something that you need to measure, uh, not only to help you improve your business, but also to prove to new clients that this is how you take care of your existing customer base and this is why you should trust us. Excellent. Right. Tell us a little bit more about Kruhu and what's the best way to get in touch with you or with the business? You can go to kruhu.com um, and it's C-R-E-W-H-U.com. Uh, crew, those are your people, right? Those are the guys you, you go into the foxhole with. Uh, who is the HU stands for human. So we're trying to help you uh, bring the human um, into the workplace or back into the workplace. I meet so many owners of MSBs, large and small, I meet so many managers. And one thing everybody has in common is that they care. They care about the business. They're, they're truly passionate about the technology and how they can transform uh, their customers uh, lives. Uh, they care about their employees. They want them to be successful. They want them to train. A lot of them are just frustrated that they're not doing what they think they should be doing. So we, we want to try to help them um, bridge that gap, right? And create strong relationships uh, with their teams uh, and customers. Um, all right. So, so we, we, we help with the customer satisfaction process. But we also help engage the employees in the customer satisfaction process, which is the key uh, to making it work. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. This week's recommended book. Hi, my name is Dana Mantilla, and the book that I would recommend you read is called Switch, and it is by Dan and Chip Heath. And it is a great book that talks about cultural changes, and I think it's fabulous for people in the cybersecurity industry to read because it really talks about how that's a cultural shift that needs to happen, and the book Switch is all about how that's happening in all different areas of the world. Coming up next week. Hey, I'm Braith Bamkin, and if you've ever wondered about how you get referrals into your MSP, 
join me in the podcast where I'm going to share some tips and tricks on how to get you referral ready. So wherever you are listening to me right now, or indeed maybe even watching me, please subscribe and you will never miss an episode. Because on top of that fascinating interview next week, we're also talking about why you should be locking your clients into a three-year contract, but making sure you give them a get-out-of-jail-free, I-hate-you break clause. What exactly is that? I'll explain it next week. Join me next Tuesday and have a very profitable week in your MSP. Made in the UK. For MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP. MSP Marketing Podcast.